the way of the future, 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 the way of the future. Welcome to Quarantinema, a.k.a. Quarantinema, a.k.a. Quarantine Enema, the only podcast where we don't know how to say the name of the show. My name is Connor Sullivan. Thank you very much for listening today. I uh, hope everyone's doing well out there. Uh, so I'm. this is my first week, wrapping up my first full week of unemployment here and uh honestly it's been kind of similar to what the last like month or so has been but uh now i really serve no purpose so uh <laughs> uh but no i'm i'm doing great uh, i spent a lot of time with the dog a lot of time with brenna obviously because uh, where else can we go uh I, i'm doing some stuff on the back end here it's going to take a couple episodes to uh kind of get into what i want to get into uh but we're planning for some cooler things down the road here with the podcast so uh, thank you all for listening very much. And uh, hey, while you're listening, watch you like us on social media. You can like us at Quarantinema Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, why don't you just like and subscribe to the channel while you're at it? Uh, today we're going to be talking about The Aviator from 2004. Uh, Martin Scorsese, Leonardo DiCaprio. It, it was a really big movie at the time. Uh, not 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 my biggest cup of tea. Why don't we just get right into it? Uh, so okay. So I remember seeing this movie in theaters with my dad, uh, and I was, uh, let's see, 2004, I would have been 12 uh, when that came out, so I like, I, I got it. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed it when I was a kid, uh, and I'm not saying I don't enjoy it now, but just doesn't really uh, grab my attention the way that it used to, uh, and a couple of reasons why. Uh, for one... I think the big so okay so from a technical standpoint this is an amazing movie the you know the set designs and the camera work and all the editing I mean it's a Martin Scorsese movie you know you you know what it looks like uh, and Leonardo DiCaprio kills it in this movie um, it's one of his first great performance I mean he's had an amazing career uh, but at this point he was really just becoming like a leading actor I mean obviously he did titanic and you know a couple other things he was nominated for uh, what's eating gilbert great before this uh but now it's like okay he's pat he's moved past that like heartthrob like movie guy and now he's like okay he's a legitimate actor now he can do some things uh but that all that stuff being said this the story's just not that interesting uh, to be honest and i know howard hughes is uh, you know, an iconic character uh, in the 20th, in 20th century history uh, with everything he did from the movies and aviation and just all the weird quirks about him, like his OCD and stuff like that. So, like, he's an interesting character, but this movie, it's, like, it doesn't really say anything to me. Uh, it's just kind of like, okay, this happened and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened. Uh, like, there's no character arc. Like, he pretty much ends the movie in the exact same place where he began it. Uh, albeit with a little more battle scars, but it seems like this movie, like the studio that made it, they probably just threw the kitchen sink at this movie. We're just like, okay, we're getting Martin Scorsese at Oscar. You know, he's been waiting on it for like 25, 30 years now. We're going to give him everything. We're going to give him this big budget. We're going to, you know, giant sets, Leonardo DiCaprio, just the best people in all their fields working on one movie together. Uh, but at the same time, just the, it's not interesting. Like, he's, like, okay, he made movies, and he made planes, and he's a weird guy, and they don't really dive, like, too deep into anything about it. Like, there's, like I said before, there's no arc, there's no, uh, like, there's characters that pop up, like, all over the place, but uh, none of them really seem to leave much of an impact on him. Obviously, 
Kate Blanchett kills in this movie playing Catherine Hepburn, uh, and I'm, she's probably the biggest like she probably leaves the most impact on him. Uh, but you know, guys like John C. Riley and Alec Baldwin and Alan Alda and uh, like all the, this giant cast, like they're just kind of flow in and out uh, throughout the movie, and that's it. Uh, getting back to the cast real quick, uh, it's also as I mentioned, Kate Blanchett, Kate Beckinsale. Uh, back in her prime, John C. Riley, Alec Baldwin, Alan Alda. Alan Alda actually gets nominated for an Oscar for this movie, which I might get into that later. I don't really agree with it. It's got Gwen Stefani. I didn't realize that. Danny Houston, famous character actor. Uh, Jude Law, Adam Scott, um, and Matt Ross. Matt Ross, uh, if you've ever seen Silicon Valley, he plays... Uh, Gavin Belson, the kind of Steve Jobs um, character that they that they created in the show, uh, he's really been one of the biggest like unsung heroes on what was such a great show uh, for a while. I mean, uh, Silicon Valley, like Thomas Middleditch gets his fair share, uh, T.J. Miller gets his fair share of accolades, uh, Camille Nanjiani and Martin Starr, and like all these like the main like group of guys, like they all get the attention that they deserve and it's it's an amazing show absolutely amazing show uh kind of dwindled off at the end but it i still think it was consistently funny for five or six seasons whatever however long it lasted uh but the first three season three or so seasons of that show uh there wasn't a better comedy on tv uh but matt ross he plays this guy named gavin belson uh, and as i said he's like steve jobs and he's uh he's just kind of this like clueless like tech philanthropist, I can't speak right now, and he's just so funny. He, like he has absolutely no idea what's going on in his own world. Like he has this whole uh, the company he runs is Hooli uh, in the show, and uh, the like one of their community relations like things that they're doing is no, uh, their slogan is nobody makes the world a better place than Hooli, and throughout like the process of like trying to get this like thing. Uh, off the ground, he, he just starts screaming at the top of his lungs, nobody makes the world a better place than we do. And for some reason, that line just really sticks out to me. It's a very funny show. Uh, Matt Russ, I, I I was pleasantly... I, like, I've watched this movie a couple of times uh, since Silicon Valley came out. It's If it's just like on TV, it's something just to throw on in the background. Uh, but it's, it's cool seeing Matt Russ uh, pop up in some stuff. He, he does a great job in that show, and... Uh, I wish we could see him in some more things. The other thing I want to talk about with this movie, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. This is one of, uh, I think it's it's one of his best performances. Definitely not one of his best movies. And I mean, he's he's been so good for so long that it's you know tough for him to actually. Yeah, I I I don't know what the short list of bad movies are uh, of his, but uh, this was a big movie for him. As I mentioned before, he was. An Oscar nominee coming into it. He was coming off Titanic. Uh, he did Gangs of New York with uh, Scorsese before this. So, you know, he's that was their first collaboration. This is their second one. And, you know, th- this one kind of put him on the map. as like, okay, this guy can do some shit. Uh, he's not just a pretty face. He's not just uh, this charming, like, kind of, like, whatever. Like, this guy, like, back when he was, like, a teenager and, like, in his early 20s and stuff like that. This kind of put him on the face. Is like, okay, this is a man and he can act. And he's just been killing it ever since. Um, I think... I don't think this is his best performance. I think it's better than what he did in The Revenant. The Revenant, to me, just kind of seemed like a... 
like a career achievement Oscar uh, to me because, I mean, he had been so good for so long uh, and still hadn't won anything, and The Revenant was just kind of like the perfect opportunity to be like, okay, like, we'll give it to him. Not saying he's not great in that movie because he is. The, I think he's better in this one, but I think his best performance is probably Wolf of Wall Street sticking in the Scorsese family. He, uh, he, he was, I thought he was also great in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, he's, I mean... You could just name, you can name Leo movies for hours, and like you could easily make a case that that's his best movie. I mean, he's he's just been so good for so long. Love us some Leo. We'll definitely be talking about him uh, more in the coming weeks. I believe we have Blood Diamond uh, not too far down the pipeline here. So excited to talk about that. Uh, another performance, as I mentioned, Kate Blanchett. Uh, she actually won an Oscar for this movie, Best Supporting Actress. Uh, it was her first of two Oscars. She's a seven-time nominee. She also won for Blue Jasmine a couple of years back. Uh, that Woody Allen movie that was... She, oh, man, she was awesome in that movie. I don't know if there was a better female performance in the past, like, decade. I'd have to... I don't, I don't have the past winners uh, here in front of me, but, she, man, she's fucking awesome in that movie. But yeah, she plays Katherine Hepburn, uh, one of... The great actress of all time. She won four Oscars. It was nominated for like 16 or something crazy like that. And her performance is one of the most annoying things about the movie. Uh, you know, she's kind of, she she nails the voice of Katherine Hepburn. That kind of like 1920s, like, meh, 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 see? Like one of those kind of like uppity uh, people during from that time. And it's really annoying, but she's so good that it's like, okay, I, I can get over it. But then like uh, the most annoying scene in the movie uh, and actually, you know, I, I think it is my favorite scene in the movie is uh, when they're, she brings Howard, a.k.a. Leo, uh, to her family's estate. And they're this big, you know, uppity family from Connecticut. And it's just constant, like, jibber-jabber and, you know, 20s language. It's fast. And, like, the editing in the scene is great. Uh, edited by Thelma Schoonmaker. Uh, she's Martin Scorsese's longtime editor. Uh, just need to throw that name out there she's uh one of the all-time greats and really with the editing you can kind of see the scorsese like traits all over this one uh from just like quick cutaways to you know these kind of weird i don't want to say weird looking people but just like people in interesting angles and you know situations and stuff like that uh some of the performers uh during some of the party scenes here come to mind uh in this movie uh, but let, I want to talk about this movie and the Oscars real quick. So this movie was nominated for 11 Oscars uh, in 2005. It was, that was the most of any uh, movie that year. It won five. Uh, it won Best Supporting Actress, Kate Blanchett, as we mentioned. Uh, the Best Art Direction, Film Editing, Thelma Schoonmaker, Costume Design, and Cinematography. The cinematographer for this was Robert Richardson. I feel like this is a name that more people should know about. Uh, he's kind of in that uh, Roger Deakins kind of like Hall of Fame, like legend status of cinematographers. But th- uh, this guy's just kind of like, he's attached himself to a lot of these amazing directors over time. Or maybe it's the other way around, I don't know. He's been nominated for nine Oscars. Just want to lay these out here. Okay, so he's been nominated for nine Oscars. Uh, he's won three. The three times he won, it was for Hugo. 2012, uh, The Aviator, 2004, and JFK in the early 90s. And he's a nine-time nominee. So in addition to those three, he was also nominated for Platoon, Born on the Fourth of July, Snow Falling on Cedars, and Glorious Bastards, Django Unchained, The Hateful Eight, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So he's really 
hitched his wagon to Quentin Tarantino, Martin Scorsese, and Oliver Stone. And, hey, who knows? It's a chicken or the egg thing. Does this guy make those movies so great, or do the directors make this this one guy so great? I don't know. Uh, all I know is those are eight amazing movies, and then something called Snow Falling on Cedars, which I admit I've never heard of. But apparently it's got Ethan Hawke in it. Uh, and the cinematography in this movie, uh, one of the cool things they do, I'll get a little more into it into Did You Know, uh, they kind of make... The scene, they make the coloring of the movie kind of look like uh, each era. The movie spans from like the 20s through the 40s. Uh, so like in the earlier scenes where it's the 20s and like it's primarily as Hollywood days, uh, they do some cool things with the color there. Uh, like there's one scene where they're on the golf course. Uh, Howard and uh, Catherine Hepburn are on the golf course together. And uh, the course almost looks blue. Uh, but that's just kind of the way... Uh, that color looked uh, on color film back in the day. Uh, so just a, b- a lot of cool stuff they do. And the flying scenes and everything are uh, absolutely incredible here. He's got a lot of big parties and f- you know fancy Hollywood stuff in this movie. So uh, excellent, excellent job by Robert Richardson. One, uh, Ro- Roger Deakins is probably my favorite cinematographer, but this guy uh, is definitely number two. So going back to the Oscars real quick. Uh, so I, I mentioned the five that they won. It was nominated for a total of 11. Uh, it was also nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor for Leonardo DiCaprio, Scorsese for Best Director, Best Actor and Supporting Role, Alan Alda, and Best Original Screenplay and Best Sound Mixing as well. Uh, so five for 11, uh, you know, I'd call that a pretty good haul at the Oscars. I got no problems with uh, any of the Oscars that they won or lost. Uh, it lost to Million Dollar Baby in a lot of the key categories, namely Best Picture and Best Director. Uh, Alan Alda lost to Morgan Freeman in uh, Million Dollar Baby as well. And Million Dollar Baby is one of my favorite movies. I absolutely love that movie. I, cu- I couldn't agree more. Uh, but one thing that I did notice when I was doing some homework here was that uh, in that movie, Clint Eastwood was nominated for Best Actor. And that same year... Uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind came out. Get the fuck out of here that Jim Carrey was better than Clint Eastwood <laughs> and Million Dollar Baby. Swap those two out. Get Jim Carrey nominated for an Oscar already. Maybe it'll happen for Sonic. I don't know. Uh, you know, time will only time will tell. Not that movies came out this year, so should be a pretty thin Oscar race. Uh, and Leo lost to Jamie Foxx. You know, he just lost to an all-time performance. I think he was great. Uh, you know, he definitely held his own. I wouldn't have had a problem if he won, but at the same time, it's like it's Jamie Foxx and Ray. You know, he's it's, that's one of the iconic uh, performances of the 21st century. Uh, and Alan Alda, yeah, I don't, I don't really get like he's he's good in this movie, but I feel like it was just kind of one of those like career achievement uh, nominations for him. You know, he finally gets placed in this big movie. And, you know, it's they're throwing millions of dollars at uh, the Oscar campaigns. Maybe one day we'll do, like, a little, like, sub-podcast about, like, the economic uh, impact of Oscars. Stuff like that. That actually sounds kind of fun. I want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, they're throwing millions of dollars in this Oscar campaign. And Alan Alder's just like, oh, yeah, just put him in, too. Like, get him nominated. Uh, and, I mean, you know, he's had a great career. He, you know, everything with MASH and stuff like that. Uh, he didn't really stick out to me on this movie. I remember the first time I read that he was nominated, like, I had to like, do a double-take that he was even in the movie. Uh, it was, I mean, he's, he's in, like, three or four scenes. You know, uh, the hearing scenes uh, near the end of the movie, the, like, that's probably where he's at his best. But, like, you're just watching, and it's just like, that was nominated for an Oscar? Like, there's that, really? But, I don't know. That's just my opinion. Uh, hey, let's get into the did you knows. Yeah, let's get it. Uh, so, i got three for you right here. Uh, leading off, 
and we kind of alluded to this one a couple minutes ago. Uh, leading off, director Martin Scorsese designed each year in the movie to look just the way a color movie from that time period would have looked, achieved mainly through digitally enhanced post-production. Scorsese recreated the look of Cinecolor and two-strip Technicolor. Watch in particular for the scene where Howard Hughes meets Errol Flynn, played by Jude Law. In the club, Hughes is served precisely placed peas on a plate that appear blue or turquoise, just as they'd have looked on a two-strip Technicolor process. As Hughes ages throughout the movie, the color gets more sophisticated and full-bodied. Uh, yeah, so we kind of mentioned that earlier, uh, like that scene in the grass where the greens look blue and stuff like that. Uh, it's, I just like when guys do stuff like this. Martin Scorsese's like a big, a big film buff, knows everything about every movie ever made. Uh, so he knows his way around, you know, some film and Robert Richardson and him did, did a great, uh, some great, great work with this movie. Uh, it's cool. It's cool when uh, people go back and do stuff uh, like this with certain time period pieces. Uh, I'm drawing a blank right now. I feel like we've talked about something like this before. Um, oh, um, yeah, it was Argo. Couple, uh, yeah, just a couple episodes. They did something similar uh, to that as well when they wanted everything to make it look like it did in the uh, 70s and 80s. Moving on. Kate Blanchett's portrayal of Katherine Hepburn makes her the first performer to win an Oscar for playing a real-life Oscar winner. Hepburn won a record four Oscars. I just think that's kind of cool. I think it's a well-deserved Oscar for Kate Blanchett. She's one of the great uh, actors of the 21st century, and uh, th- I think that's real cool. I, I, I can't help but feel that this has been done since this happened. I'm drawing a blank on who did it, though. Maybe I'll have to... I'll, Tell you what, I'll, if I find it, I'll post it on social media, so you're just going to have to go follow us and you can figure it out there. Uh, and our last, did you know, the Marvel Comics character Tony Stark, portrayed famously by Robert Downey Jr. in the MCU, is based heavily on Howard Hughes. Uh, I, I can, You know what, I can kind of see that. You know, the the playboy, the flying around, the fact that he's so he's smart, he's the smartest guy in the room, but he's got all this stuff going on. Uh, just a cool parallel that I wouldn't have put together otherwise, but makes a lot of sense. Uh, Alright, so at the end of every episode, we rank the movie on a scale of 1 to 5 hazmats, 5 being the best. And on this episode, I'm going to give The Aviator a 3 out of 5. I think I've been giving out a lot of 4s lately, so I've set my bar pretty high here. And uh, it just... It's it's just not as good as I remember it being. The, like I said at the beginning, technically this is an amazing movie. You know, the everything from the filmmaking side of this is great. Uh, the acting is great. Scorsese does a great job uh, with you know everything he's doing here. It's just the stories. Nothing happens. You know, like it's it's just not interesting of the story to me. But uh, I know a lot of people have done Howard Hughes movies over the years, and there's uh, been a lot of guys who actually want to make another one. I think I heard something a long time ago that uh, Quentin Tarantino wanted to make uh, his own Howard Hughes movie. I can't imagine what that would have looked like, but uh, who knows? Who knows? Uh, well, thank you all for listening. Uh, please, once again, give us a follow uh, on social media at Quarantine My Pod. Please like and subscribe. And I hope you are all doing well out there. Remember, stay indoors, wash your hands, do all that shit. Uh, wash your masks? Is that? Yeah, you should probably be washing your masks too, I guess. That, that only makes sense to me. Uh, but yeah, remember everyone, don't be a hero. Stay inside. Watch a movie.